This is the Unearthing Art Podcast with Michelle Luminato and Beck Lee, where we dig into the messy reality of making art that matters, raw and real conversations about being an artist, navigating the creative process, and expressing our honest and sometimes weird selves. Michelle, we've been talking a little bit in the uh, episodes the last few weeks about your wonderful exhibition opening and all the tremendous effort that went into that and also all of the failures along the way. That's been a bit of a theme. One of the things we touched upon very briefly, I think, is the number of challenges. And we're talking now about challenges not in the art studio, which are challenging enough for an artist, you know, all the creative challenges, but kind of the challenges that come from around us, from the world, from the circumstances that change. And in the course of preparing your exhibition, the scope of it changed a few times, the the dates changed, the location changed. So I think that you have spoken about on the podcast about needing to and wanting to expand the number of paintings that you are making, make paintings of different sizes. And I know that along the way that there were people, friends and family at different stages for different reasons who were kind of questioning, checking in with you saying, is this a time to pull back a little bit on this or that? You know, like maybe accept that you can't make as many paintings as you wanted to make for this. In retrospect, do you think were there places you could have pulled back or I'm sitting here smiling going no 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 no, no, no. <laughs> I think I think the the simple one liner answer is my vision for expressing myself to the best abilities in that moment was so ingrained like it just I ha- I wanted to see it through mm-hmm. and it just for me was not a negotiable there was no other way I just could not see that I would feel satisfied. And again, this is why I keep going back to that same thing. Like you got to do it for yourself because in the end, when it's all said and done, you know, you're the only one that can live with yourself and mm-hmm. the decisions that you made and live with whether that was a good decision or whether you have regret of a decision. And there were challenges, you know, and the list is long and maybe we can talk about some of them because I think one of the things that we as artists and again, any industry really faces is that you you often come into circumstances where you feel like you don't have control, right. you don't have ownership of the situation and it could look simpler to give up and say, I don't have control. I'm just going to step back. I'm going to let this one go or I'm going to not push myself hard to make it work better. And and I just kept having to live with those decisions constantly. Like mm-hmm. I had the flu just a week before it was all due. Last call, you know, in theory, the week before or mm-hmm. last two weeks. And I was literally stuck in bed, had to decide like, is there a way that I could challenge myself. And again, it wasn't like I was like, yay, I've got the flu. Let me see how I can work (laughs) through this. This will be a fun challenge. That was not what I was thinking at all. (laughs) But it was like, if I don't work through at some level this week and I miss out on doing what I want to do, I'll be really disappointed. I will be living with regret, my own regret, you know? Mm. So I think that Whenever we have these decisions or these challenges or we feel like we don't have control, 
we actually do have more control than we think in the sense that you can make a decision that you feel empowered by versus feeling like regret because it was like, okay, option A, I'm a victim. I have the flu. I'm going to be bedridden. I'm going to milk this puppy to the max. Or option B, I'm still sick. I'm still you know, stuck laying flat because I feel so sick. But could I put music in my ears that makes me feel better so that I could get up for an hour and at least look at things and move things through and then go back and lay down again? And because my work, again, and I think all of our work, like it really inspires me. If we really do work we love, it should inspire us. Mm -hmm. So even though I felt sick and flu, yuck, don't like the flu. I don't know how many times I'm like, please, I don't want the flu anymore. But when your work is inspiring you and you feel sick, it can energize you. It can give you just even like a little glimpse, even if it's an hour. Um, and that was a choice that I chose because I was like, well, what's the other option? To curse myself for the next few weeks because darn it, I've stuffed up a whole week that I've not done anything. And you know what I mean? Like I knew mm. the consequences to not doing something was going to be harder on me. And I think it's a personal decision, you know, that we all have to make in the years, decades of practicing following my path and my vision that I have a, a sense of tenacity. There is this, you know, grab it by, you know, the the cojones. <laughs> like, <laughs> you got to go for it. You got to go for it. Your personality does strike me as a bit of like a, a dog with a bone. Like you don't let go of yes. things easily. <laughs> and I think you said there are family members who've said the yes. same in the nicest yes. possible way. And it's the kind of things that you grab onto are the things that are worth grabbing onto, you know, like let go of yeah. the stuff that might hold you back. But if something's really valuable and worthwhile, then you kind of work for it and you fight for it. Yeah, definitely. I've always felt like I've had to. That New Yorker coming out in you, right? Yeah, I can't decide if it was pre-New York or New York, but one memory, a defining New York, living in New York moment. And I think I had only been there a year, maybe not even a year. I walk into this deli and anyone who's been to New York or lived in New York is going to have a chuckle, but it was jam-packed. I was just trying to get a sandwich, a half a sandwich specifically. And there's like, you know, probably 30 people jammed in this little deli. This is early 2000s. Um, or late 1990s. Anyway, we're jam-packed in this deli. I go up to the guy. I'm like, can I get a half a turkey sandwich? That was my request. And his answer was, no, next. And I was like, <laughs> I was literally like, because um, I was living in Oregon previous to that. And Oregon is full of nice people. Really mm -hmm. like, what can I get you? You want some soup? Like just you know, conversational. New York's like, you know, half a sandwich? No. Next. That was it. And I remember thinking like, oh my gosh, you, you don't get a second chance here. <laughs> you got to get what you want right away. Then I wedge my way back in there again. <laughs> and I'm short, so it's not easy to do in New York City when you're in a crowded <laughs> deli. And I'm like, can I have a turkey sandwich? No, no special request. Just, yeah, just give me a whole turkey sandwich. I just want the whole thing. So I learned really quickly, like just get in there. They're not going to be coddling you. They're not going to try to make it easier on you. They're really busy. And you got to you gotta get really clear on how you have to adapt to the circumstances that they present you. 
That is a fun story because I feel like in this situation with your exhibition, you were going for the whole turkey sandwich. And along the way, some stuff came up where maybe you could have said, oh, you know what, the whole is too much. Maybe I should ask for half or maybe I should give half or I don't know, whatever way the metaphor runs. But instead you were like, nope, the whole turkey sandwich is what's on offer and that's what I'm going to deliver and that's what I'm going to get. Like this is a whole turkey sandwich situation. This is a whole turkey sandwich. And and to – live with myself saying I did the very best I could, mm-hmm. you know, and I always tell that to my kids. I know that sounds really cheesy, but I n- never really go, hey, you better get, you know, A plus. The motto here is like, did you do your very best mm-hmm. in this moment with what you had? And if they can look me straight in the face with, you know, out smiling and like snickering, like, you know, you didn't study, then I know like, okay, you did your best. That's that's your best right now. So I knew with this experience, like I had to give my best. But I tell you what, when the flu hit and then I had a tree fall in the driveway and about smash our car, it felt <laughs> tough. It felt like the universe was really testing your resolve for that whole turkey sandwich. Yeah. Because you had totally. The- you had the flu, you had the tree, which I didn't even hear about till weeks afterwards. Um, there was Gary the rat. We got on a call one morning and I heard about Gary the rat who had to be captured. Yes, and then we had discovered that we had termites um, oh, good. that needed to come and be um, <laughs> evacuated. And that story is still continuing because obviously once you get them evacuated, then you have to fix the things that they've damaged. But it's just life is full of stuff, you know, basically takes you out of the game. Yeah. I mean, when I have a chainsaw in my driveway and I literally can't get into the studio, it it literally removed me from the game. You know, when I had the flu, it tried to remove me from the game again. um, When we have pest that are not welcome in the house, (laughs) you know, it's a distraction because you have to stop doing what you're doing and get out of the zone. And and that's just above and beyond the whole normal, let's take your kids to, you know, school, soccer, feed them. Well, that's right. Who is quite, (laughs) quite heavy handed in her senile (laughs) days. So it, it looks like the universe is like, eh, maybe it's a little too hard. Maybe you should (laughs) stop doing what you're doing. Maybe too much. You know, and then when the exhibition moved um, to a bigger space and they said, you don't need to do more work, you know, they they wanted to make me feel safe and, you know, in, in good hands. So no one said, hey, Michelle, we think you should do more work because it's a bigger space. Mm. No one said that. I said, hey, I want to still embrace the space. I want to have a, a vision, a story, an experience that I want to create, it just looks different. It's like that turkey sandwich, you know, It just, I ordered this and it came out like this. Yeah. So what do you do? You just have to still kind of adapt to the circumstances, I think. Because you had That's, developed yeah. a vision for those first set of circumstances, that first venue, um, you know, the walls, the space. And then when the venue changed, you were ready to adapt your vision, but you didn't want to sacrifice the the kind of the core of it you still wanted to achieve a certain vision and that meant for you that you wanted to make some additional work adjust some of the work so that you could achieve what you imagined but now in this 
bigger and and different space as well. It was very you know, different. The, the spaces were arranged differently. It had a different kind of layout and, and backdrop and all that kind of thing. Honestly, I think this is one of those situations where it, it, it's not a formula where you can say every person who would have been in the same situation that you were in, Michelle, should have done it exactly the same way. I think you did it because you wanted to as well, right? Like you yeah. really felt yeah. like you wanted to. Um, yeah, and it was something that I've held the vision for for a while. So it wasn't like it just was like, hey, I think I'll do an exhibition. You know, it was a, it was a vision that's been something that I've envisioned for a long time. And so to not see it through felt like really missing out on the opportunity that was presented. And I think sometimes life presents you with things that don't look the way that you think they're going to look. Mm-hmm. And so you got you have to decide like am i going to have regrets if i don't do it this way or am i going to have regrets if i don't do it this way and you got to be really honest with yourself and i think through the many versions of my life at this point like i knew i would have regret if i mm. did not give it everything i had you know from working through the flu, looking at a painting three days before it was going to hang and saying, no, you suck. I need to fix you. What can we do? Mm-hmm. Where having, my husband's like, you yeah, could leave that out. That's right. Having people around you kind of question a little bit gently, lovingly. And yeah. that's another tricky thing, I think, is that you had this vision, but none of us can be in your head. I don't know. My husband said like, hey, you could leave it out. He goes, you could probably hang it up and no one would be all the wiser because no one Mm. knows what I wanted it to be. Mm. But again, it was something that I would have cringed every time someone, you know, would have seen it as it was. And it didn't feel like my best work in that moment. And I don't remember, there's some great cliche, but I'm escaping me right now, but it's not over till it's over. Yeah. Yeah. I still had (laughs) three days. And so I was like, look, it looks like it's over, but it's not, it's not over yet. I still have time. And the worst thing that can happen is I still get the same result and it's not done. That's mm. the worst thing that can happen is I put in the effort and then I d- I missed the mark. But at least I gave it everything I got, you know? And I think that when we have that much resolve, miracles happen. I mean, because mm-hmm. I look at the work and I'm like, it's it's a miracle that all that came out of me in that amount of time under that amount of challenges and distractions, you know, setbacks and and outside pressures. But the one thing that didn't waver was the resolve and, you know, the certainty that I wanted to give it my best would whatever the best in that moment looked like. And there was agency. Like I I felt like I did have control. Mm. And I think we often underestimate how much control we can take. Because my husband was like, you could just photograph it. You could be done. You could just finish up, kind of coast through the last three days. You know, like it would have been a much more simpler version of the last three days. And then there was me going, or I could bust a move and take more risk. This might sound a little far out, but it almost seems to me like this was part of your story that was going to play out. And looking at it from the outside, being maybe someone who's had a lot of conversations with you over the last 18 months as well, and then seeing the the result and, and how it worked out, it kind of feels like if this was a movie, it was always meant to be 
Um, yes. And I don't know, maybe that's just the nature of the way we look at things and it's worked out at the end and it could have all, I don't know, could have gone horribly wrong in some way and then I wouldn't be saying that at all. But it felt like, as you said, this was an opportunity that you'd been envisioning and thinking about for a long time. And it was an amazing culmination of what you had been doing for several years. It wasn't just oh, um, things that you'd done in other places, like that you'd had another exhibition like this and, and this was number two or three. It was like bringing together this this new energy that you had. It, it felt like a real a kind of a, a, a peak moment, you know, like I mm-hmm. feel like it, it was mm-hmm. one of those milestones yeah. in your journey that will be a major, if you in a year's yeah. time, in 10 years' time, when you – give those kind of highlights like we've talked about like what were major turning points what were major insights it feels like this will be one of those 100 percent, and i knew it and i think that's the thing of when you know it you know when you're living in it and you're literally in those moments where you know it's a turning point or it's like a for me it felt like a coming out party like oh here i am all of me all the things and and the vision i really have um, for it's, it's like a beginning point, even though I've been painting for years, it does feel like kind of like a beginning point of the whole of me. And so I think that's the thing of like, not seeing that through would have felt like such a letdown, you know, Mm. like when you imagine and you work towards bringing it all together, you know, and again, I think it's, holding that vision so strongly, you know, like a dog with a bone. Like I was like, there is no way I'm holding that vision is there. It's going to come alive. And I had to tell myself that, you know, mentally every day, even though it felt like it wasn't actually coming alive in so many ways and so many disruptions. I mean, honestly, like you wonder like, where did, how does this stuff happen to us? Yeah. You know, that really challenges us. And yet I think it's what forges us. It, mm. It's really what resolves us because when you do hard things, you can do harder things. And I think that for me, it was like, yeah, that was hard, but I feel completely unscathed right now. Like I feel, yeah, I feel, you know, totally satisfied in terms of like, I gave up my best. I feel satisfied. I feel just this calmness of like, mm. yeah. It's all good. So I don't have any regrets because the first thing my mom said, I hope it's all worth it. I hope it's all worth it. That's what, you know, our loving yeah. moms are always you're trying to protect us. Yeah. And, you and know, it already said, was said, worth it. It already was. The minute it all got hung up, I was like, done. I'm happy. I'm satisfied. Mm. Um, so I think that you got to get really clear on what it is you really want, you know, from something because then when you fight for it and you, have to fight in ways that you're like, I didn't plan on fighting like this. I did not plan on torturing myself at this level. When you're disrupting people around you, it does feel you kind of, you know, I had mom guilt, you know, you have all sorts of stuff that comes up, but lingering in all that stuff just didn't seem like an option. And I don't know, maybe I was in this bubble of like, come hell or high water, this will come alive. That's the vibe I was getting from a distance from however many hundreds of Ks there are between <laughs> Melbourne and Brisbane. Yeah. I just felt like you're an unstoppable force. Like you were saying, oh, this has happened and that's happened. I'm up to midnight. I'm just going, to go, yep, she's doing her thing. Like I wasn't worried at all. 
it's it, it, it really it really was yeah yeah it strikes me as well talking about this idea of the story and how this felt like a milestone moment that maybe part of that is that this wasn't just it it didn't feel like for me and I'm guessing I this is because I was getting that from you this wasn't just a gallery saying hey Michelle let's do an exhibition of your work and you're going oh yeah sure and then that it wasn't like a little point in time of I don't know how long was it three or four months total or something it it wasn't whatever it was it wasn't a little snapshot around that one happening it this is actually a culmination of your work for the last like three years I guess what I'm trying to say I'm not saying it very well it kind of had a a time scale to it that Mm -hmm. made the momentum and the work you were putting into it a natural thing because you weren't just pushing in those last three days to finish that two months or three months of work. You were pushing to realize something that you'd been working for for three years. Yes. So when you think of it in that scale. And I think that is true. Like that's why scale is so interesting, isn't it? Like in time and in body of work as well and in literally like small pieces of artwork versus big. But when you look at the scale of, you know, I've been working towards this and envisioning it, you know, for three years from, Mm. you know, really kind of the birthing of it into what you saw hanging on the wall, what's three days to bust a move Mm. in the last three days? I mean, it just Mm -hmm. seems so small. You know, was it a little extra, you know, long and and painful and reminded me of my university days and other, (laughs) you know, like other key points where I was like, geez, I haven't done this one in a while. But, you know, how often do you do that? I mean, I'm not working till midnight and five in the morning on a regular basis. So sometimes you just got to bust a move. But in terms of busting a move for, you know, the last three days or through the flu, after three years of working and working and bringing that alive, it all seemed again, not optional. Like it was like, sure. And if it hadn't have worked out, we we should say that if it hadn't have worked out, you would have achieved that vision in an, in another way, in another time. Like it it doesn't mean it's not, I would never, and I don't think you would either when I set up this idea that you get one chance and you know, it's one shot or it's give up because that's definitely not what we've been talking about in terms of dealing with failure and, and that kind of thing over the last couple of episodes. So it's not something that should ever kind of strike you down and mean that you don't keep pursuing that vision. But I think in this particular case, you knew that this was the train that you wanted to get on. You didn't want to be standing at the station waiting for potentially the next train, which doesn't come on schedule, it comes whenever. You knew that this this was the one that brought together everything that you wanted in in that what you'd been working for. And that's why you're like, yes, I feel it with my whole heart, soul, body that this is the one that I want and that's what I'm going to push for. Totally, totally. And if I wasn't feeling so 100% in alignment with that and and really shifting, you know, again, reimagining what that new space was going to be like, what the paintings would be like in the space, because for me, it's important to visualize the whole thing a Mm. little bit in terms of how I was going to give people an experience. And if I wouldn't have had the opportunity to reimagine that and to kind of get on board, then yeah, it would have felt very different 
there was an alignment in every way with the people I was working with, you know, and what the bigger vision could be. And so I just kept seeing it as, hey, this is just an opportunity to rise up and to, you know, kind of become bigger than what you've imagined mm -hmm. again, you know, mm -hmm. and and do things more than you've imagined, you know, work a little harder than you imagined. Again, it's just that little, the universe going, let's raise the bar a little bit because I know you can do it. And I think that's the part that I was really struck with when I was all said and done. I was like, we are so much more capable than we even know. And I think sometimes it takes pressure experiences like that to kind of wedge us into a corner and say, you said you want to play bigger. <laughs> Let's see how you actually do play bigger. And it's kind of these little tests to see, you know, like how how much do you really love this vision? How much are you committed to it? No matter what happened, I just was like that dog with the bone. Like there was the commitment to the vision was so much driving every decision that the the decisions became really easy. When I mm -hmm. said that, you know, I'm photographing and painting, I was like, oh, you're terrible. I can't hang you on the wall. I literally within, I don't know, maybe 20 minutes, I made, I was already painting again. Like there was no, it was just resolve, certainty. And, you know, imagining like if we remove all these obstacles, success is inevitable. <laughs> so let's just remove all the obstacles. I love that purity of resolve. That's, that's certainly what, like it felt like from the outside that that's the kind of energy <laughs> you were you were giving it was like yeah. this is going to happen it's going to happen yeah one way or the other it's going to happen yeah so and I think we have to have that resolve in the things that we care about because mm -hmm. it's that thing of you've got to have the resolve before you see it mm -hmm. you've got to have the belief before you see it but we often do it the other way around we're like well, when it comes easy to me and everything's all lined up, then I know it's the right path and I'll do it. That's when I'll know, commit. And That's when then I'll, I'll get the yeah. resolve. That's yeah. when I'll commit. Yeah. And it's for me, it's the complete opposite. It's like the resolve is there. How it happens is obviously uncharted based mm. on what's happened in the last, you know, three years. But I think staying flexible, you know, mm. and staying true to the resolve like well if you say well i am 100% committed to doing this are you really willing to do whatever it takes to see it through because the universe tested me on that a lot yeah i'd say i'm also really fascinated to see to sort of be with you now as you go back into the studio and see what's going to happen next mm. because this is like one of those milestone experiences and you, like you said, you've actually raised your capability level and you've raised your understanding of what you're capable of. So now you're up here, you've taken, you know, five or six steps up the ladder. Now you're starting from there. Where are you going to go? <laughs> yes, I know. And it's fun. I think it's fun because again, it's that feeling of, you know, feeling empowered instead of, you know, being a victim. And again, I don't know if it's because I've, you know, moved from little Montana, which is small, you know, country America to New York City to, you know, Oregon to Melbourne, which again is a big city. So you have to become adaptable, right? You've learned to fight for your turkey sandwiches. 
I have. And it, it's stupid, a turkey sandwich, but I think it's a really, it's a, it's a concrete lesson, you know, on being adaptable and fighting for things that you really want. And sometimes you don't get, you know, the order exactly the way you ordered it. And in the end, and I tell this to my kids all the time, I'm like, you got to fight for what you want. You really do. Cause you don't have to, you don't have to, but when you really want it and you believe in the work, which is what I think I am so passionate about and why we have this podcast, you know, topic unearthing art. If we're really passionate about what we love, you know, and it lights a fire in it, in us, in the soul burning, yay, even when you have the flu, you can still see the fun in the studio. Mm -hmm. Then, you know, you're on the right track and you know that those fights are going to be worth it. And, you know, the kids have a different version of it because even though they're like, oh, no one knows what we went through. They got a little uh, vacation from the food menu. You know, they yeah, are yeah. like loving it because they're being sent out to get things that they want. You know, they're like, yeah, yeah. like get whatever you Mom's want. Mom's like, just go out, just do it, whatever. <laughs> I don't think it was hard on them the way that, you know, as parents we imagine, really. No. It is those kind of experiences, I think, that they will remember to some degree, you know, like their yes. family experiences, you know, like that time the tree <laughs> fell down and mum was mad in the studio and we we couldn't eat off the kitchen table. And Gary, my daughter yeah. named and rat Gary. Gary the rat was there. Gary. I mean, that's fantastic. And it's great for them, I think. I mean, I do really believe that, that you're setting a wonderful example to show them how to fight and go for things and, and work for what they want. And I love what you were saying about finding the fire within for what you want to express in the world because that's that's where you can, to mix metaphors, that's where you can hang that resolve. That's where that resolve can come from before yes, you know what 100% it's going to take. Yeah, Because if it was the earlier work that I was doing, I wouldn't have had that resolve. It mm. wouldn't have existed. I would have been like, yeah. And I think that's where if if you really truly align with the work you're doing, you know, the resolve is just nailed in. That's where in. you get that resolve and, and energy that carried you through. Yes. Those. Yes. The ups and downs and the final three days as well. Yes. So make sure that you have this fire in your belly as opposed mm-hmm. to a, eh, who wants to fight at midnight for a, yeah. Go for a yes. Hell yes. Yes. <laughs> Hell yes. Yes. <laughs>